Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up? Welcome into Best on the Board, presented by BetMGM. Michael Beller here with you. We are bringing you a ton of NCAA tournament preview content. We have all four regions broken down, covered for you. We've got bracket breakers coming to you. The double-digit seeds you should be trusting. The double-digit seeds maybe you don't want to trust. We've got Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final Four bets, all of that coming at you on this episode of Best on the Board. We're going to take... Sort of a big picture look at the field of 68. Just sort of a zoom out. You can zoom in with some of our other episodes, but this will help you zoom out, maybe help you start your bracket building process as we get ready for this year's NCAA tournament. I am joined by CJ Moore. CJ, what's going on? Just trying to get through another day. Ready hey, for, man. Ready to get to Christmas, you know? Ch- yeah, right. Chip away, chip away, chip away. Boom. 16 games on Thursday, 16 games on Friday. The best sports weekend of the entire year coming our way just a couple of days from now. So uh, a very fun time that we've got in front of us. Let's break this down. Let's break this down big picture style. We're going to take uh, you know some look at just some you know big overarching themes that we could see from this NCAA tournament. Like I said, maybe the, uh, the way that you start out building your bracket and start filling things in. So first I want to ask you, CJ, you know, we're always looking at, you know, what region can I maybe find a, a sneaky sleeper? What region can, you know, I trust the chalk. Which do you think is going to be the hardest region to predict, the most unpredictable region in this year's tournament? All right, so I'm going either east or west. Yeah. And I'll I'll, I'll kind of explain my reasoning on, on both here. For the east – I think you've got Baylor, UCLA, Purdue, Kentucky, all good enough to make the Final Four. Maybe even St. Mary's, a little sneaky mm-hmm. bit there. Then UK, you know, Kentucky has, might have to deal with Murray State. That's kind of scary for the Cats. And then I think the second round is tricky for Baylor with either Carolina or Marquette. Like either of those teams are good enough to beat the Bears. So your bracket could kind of go to crap really quickly in that region. Yep. And then with the West – Gonzaga, Arkansas, UConn, Texas Tech, Duke, all good enough to make a Final Four, I think, in any, any region. Michigan State could be tricky for Duke in the second round. Let's let's remember Tom Izzo knocked out Zion, the Zion Williamson team a few years ago. Um, uh, like, this is just setting up for a K losing <laughs> in the second round. I'm not smiling. You're not smiling. Um, <laughs> Bama, Bama's the most unpredictable team in college hoops mm-hmm. in that region. Uh, Rutgers has proven it can beat really good teams. I wouldn't be shocked to see a Rutgers in the Elite Eight for you know if this just this region goes crazy. And New Mexico State is a really tough twelve. And then Memphis and its speed and athleticism like that could be tricky for for Gonzaga. So I'm going to go with West, but I think either either of those answers is a pretty acceptable answer. What do you think? I- yeah, you know, I'm happy you went that way because I agree with. You. I think those are the two most that are just the hardest to fill out. But I think the East, if I was forced to just pick one 
it's the one I would go with. And it's because, so like, I agree with everything you said. Um, but I think Gonzaga, just Gonzaga sort of is an anchor on top of the West region that is going to keep things a little bit more steady. I, I, I don't think Vermont can, can hang with Arkansas. I don't think that's an upset that's going to come through. I think the same goes for New Mexico State and Connecticut. So, like, I think once we get to the Sweet 16, if you're talking about, I think chalk holds basically is what I'm saying to, like, the Sweet 16 in that region. And then things could get a little tricky from there. The East, I mean, eh, this could go just a number of ways. And it's cut, like, you know, we've seen, we've seen bad Purdue and really good Purdue. We've seen a wide range of performances from that team this season. We've seen that from UCLA. We've seen a team that, you know, just feels like it hasn't quite hit what we thought its full stride was going to be at any point this season. And so like now is that their full stride and like, what does that mean? But they're still really good, but then they've got a potentially very tough defensive team in St. Mary's for the second round. You know, Baylor comes into this, uh, to this tournament, certainly deserving of a one seed, but also certainly like pretty comfortably the fourth of the one seeds. And so like, what do we think of them? And that North Carolina matchup in the second round could be tricky for them. Kentucky uh, did not look good in going out to Tennessee. And that's a team that also, uh, you know, really needs to uh, be clicking on all cylinders offensively to play at, at the level that, you know, we know that they can be at. It's just, it's a really tricky bracket. It's a, it's the, the bracket. I think that or it's the region that has the, the widest range of play that we've seen, from the best teams more. So there's been more swings for Definitely. Kentucky and Purdue and UCLA and Baylor this season than for any of the other top three, four teams in any other region. And so that's why that one to me, uh, I could just go haywire uh, because of just yeah. how, how up and down those teams have been and how, like how high the ups have been is what really throws this off to me. Yeah. I mean, Baylor, UCLA, Purdue and Kentucky, have they all been number one at some point this year? UCLA never got there. Did Not it? UCLA, but the other three. But UCLA right? is probably some people's preseason number one. Well, definitely some people's preseason number one, but they didn't start the year as the yeah, preseason number one. Yeah, they never got one. there, but you know, polls don't matter anyway. But, uh, <laughs> but I, it's, it, it's, a, it's a nice illustration of just how yeah. – of the range of play that we've seen from these four teams. And Purdue's a team that, like, I've wanted to trust all year, but gosh dang it. Like, I thought I'd have Purdue in my Final Four, no doubt. In Same like, here. December, probably still in January – but I, I, I don't think I'm there anymore. Like, it's just, I want, I want to love it. Like, I, I, I enjoy watching that team at its best. I'd mm-hmm. love for it to get there um, just because I think it's a really, really fun team. Uh, there's not much better than Jaden Ivey in an open court and Trayvon Williams thrown behind the back passes from the post. Like, they're a super fun team. But, yeah, yeah I, just, I just don't know that they have enough guard play. So, so here's what here's what kills me about Purdue, and not to get on a Purdue tangent, but here's what kills me about them because I'm right there with you. I thought they were going to be uh, an easy Final Four pick for me for for the first half of the season, mm-hmm. but I mean, just you know, look at what they've done over the last you know month now, set six weeks of play. 62 points against Maryland, 70 mm-hmm. against Northwestern, 68 against Michigan State, 70 against Wisconsin, 69 against Indiana, 69 against Penn State. Like this is supposed to be a team that is overwhelming teams with its offense yeah. and they're still super efficient according to the Ken Palm numbers third in the country but it's dropped but they were number yeah. one forever you want to see this team putting up 84 86 yeah. 81 90 that's what you want to see from this team if you're going to trust them and they just they haven't been that team since like the middle of January CJ and sometimes the term I mean like look at UCLA last year like UCLA was you know barely got in the tournament and then got hot like we could be sitting here in a couple of weeks and be like oh Purdue's in the final four 
Right. If you watch <laughs> the first two months of the season, you're not shocked. Like they have this in them all the time. Maybe they just had to get out of the grind of the Big Ten. So who knows? But um, yeah, I, I I like your argument there because the the outcomes are just so wild wow. with those teams. All right, easiest path for a top seed. I mean, this is this is Kansas by a long shot, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, it's just I don't even think we really need to. Like, I, I mean, it's, here's, it's self evident. It's self evident. Yeah, here's the thing with Kansas. Like, as a guy who's watched Kansas religiously since I was five years old, because uh, I grew up in Kansas City. Like the Jayhawks in the tournament, is, it's a lot of times just about the Jayhawks, right? Like, are yeah. are their nerd like so? Down the stretch of the regular season, they started playing like, okay, let's try not to lose the Big 12 race, right? Like they were playing not to lose. And then here comes the Big 12 tournament, and it's back to, man, they're playing free and easy, and they're playing great. And they look great in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. Are they going to be able to continue to play with that ease? Because sometimes Bill Sells teams, they get in the tournament, and they feel that they get in a game, and they feel that pressure, and that fan base wants them so badly to win. And there's going to be so many KU fans wherever they go. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you know, a few years ago in Kansas City when they lost to Oregon, I swear if that game was played in like the West Coast where there weren't as many Kansas fans, it might have been a different result because like the energy and the nervousness of the KU fan base like <laughs> contributed to them losing that game. So we'll see. But yeah, but in terms of path, I think Iowa was a scary matchup, but. But I, I'm with mm-hmm. you. I think it's a, I think it's Kansas, and yeah. probably not close. No one makes it to the Final Four without a scary matchup here or there, sure. um, yeah, right? And, and so, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna beat somebody good before you get to the Final Four. And yeah, just, there's there's not even a close second. Right? Kansas uh, definitely got the best path. They're, they're gonna uh, lose out of the second round now. And now and now they go down to San Diego State. They yep. just can't they can't get going against that defense. They go down to San Diego State. Um, all right, the the first one seed to go down. Who do you got for this? Baylor. I think the second round could be potentially a spot. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the Sweet 16, you've got Kelly. What's UCLA, St. Mary's. Oh, yeah. UCLA. I mean, UCLA could, could really be a tough matchup for mm-hmm. Bears. So um, I get, you know, it, it could be another team, but I, I think Baylor's the most logical pick there. I, I don't think it's. Uh, like we did, it's, not, it's definitely not Kansas. You know, the, the thing that I, I think it's Baylor too. Um, you know, Arizona, if Kirk Kreese, if the ankle isn't all the way back and they run into like a, the really good version of Illinois in the Sweet 16, you know, that could be somewhere where they get tripped up. Um, you know, Gonzaga, I, Arkansas me, has the experience of going to the Elite Eight last year, right? And they've got the guard a, play. Let me throw a why Gonzaga should be scared of Arkansas. Yeah, that you hear because all right. So last year in the NCAA tournament in the national championship game, what Baylor was able to do mm-hmm. was go at Drew Timmy, get switches, like get its guards going downhill, um, attack mismatches. I think that JD Note is a scary matchup for them there. Um, I think Arkansas has got the the size to deal with Gonzaga up front. Um, Arkansas just plays their butt off. Like yeah. th- that that's a game that I think is scary for Gonzaga. I might even I haven't filled out a bracket yet. I might even pick that. Um but I'm probably trying too hard here. Gonzaga <laughs> just gets to the final four every year. So like do, do, I mean do, does and too does many the presence against them. 
does the presence of Chet Holmgren change the calculus there for for you know Gonzaga versus Baylor twenty twenty one and potentially Gonzaga versus Arkansas twenty twenty two? Maybe because you got him at the rim, you know, mm-hmm. the rim protection. But I still think you could probably, um, you know, move the pieces around and, and and get some some mismatches with Timmy on the guards. I love me some Arkansas, so I you know I don't need too much of a push to be talked into taking them, especially as you look for ways to diversify your bracket. Other ways you could do that, obviously, by picking against twos and threes early on in the proceedings. Any twos and threes that stand out to you as ones that you think maybe are going to be playing second weekend tourney basketball? Duke, Tom Izzo, Spartans. I I, I don't Michigan State. There's days when you can watch the Spartans and you're like, my team's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they can also throw some turds, but oh, yes. um, I think that, that as young as Duke is, the pressure that we've already seen that they are kind of under to like have K go out on this mountain, right? Uh, that 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 screams to me like a potential for an early upset. Um, and if if they get past the Spartans, then they might have to deal with Texas Tech and. <laughs> you don't want to be a young team playing Texas. Those users are going to beat the crap out of you. Um, that that if if Duke could get out of that game, they're going to be exhausted. Um, Villanova is another team I think could be in some danger. Lola Chicago is old and has the discipline to deal with Villanova's offensive patience. Like I, mm-hmm. you have to be able to deal with that. Um, I don't see a young team like knocking off Nova. And then Ohio State's like it's it's big front line. Um, could give Nova some tr- trouble. Nova's not very big up front. Um, so th- those are two to me that, that stuck out. And then Wisconsin, I'm worried about Johnny Davis. Um, and you take Johnny Davis off Wisconsin, and is that an NCAA tournament team? I'm, I'm willing to make that argument that it's probably not. So, uh, it, it might not be an NIT team. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Tyler Wall. but um, I love Tyler Wall too. But yeah. that, is a, that is a much different team without Johnny Davis. And so I think there's reason to be concerned. With the, uh, with the ankle injury that he goes into the NCAA tournament with. There is no question about that. We're on the same page with Villanova. That, that loyal, that, that's a tough draw. I mean, that's, a, 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 that's like a – they flip with Auburn in a heartbeat, right? Like that's a, oh, yeah. Ohio, Ohio State loyal is a tough 7-10 draw for a two-seed. I think any of the two-seeds wouldn't love that. Now, yeah, I think Kentucky, you can make the same case that Murray State and San Francisco mm-hmm. is a tough 7-10 draw. Uh, for a two, um, but yeah, Loyola is just, I mean, exactly what you said. They, they've got the discipline to play. Like, they are not going to be um, uh, frustrated by the pace that Villanova wants to play. And Villanova's able to do that to a lot of teams. They, they're so disciplined offensively. Uh, they're so efficient offensively within that discipline. It's not going to frustrate Loyola. And so that could definitely be a, a tough matchup for Villanova. That's going to be that's an interesting bottom half of the region in the south because you've got teams like Loyola and you know frankly Colorado State that you know after what they did in the Mountain West like they're not going to be super intimidated by you know Tennessee's defense if they were to get through that they wouldn't be super intimidated by the pace that Villanova wants to play like that could be that could be you know it feels cut and dried of uh, of Tennessee and Villanova getting to the Sweet 16 and facing off against one another. But uh, that, that, that that's definitely a, a half region where you know, I think screwy things could go down um, with just with Colorado State and Loyola being the styles of team that they are. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, David Roddy is a yes. <laughs> going to be a tough matchup for anybody in the country. So. No, no doubt about that. Really, like Colorado State in that first round matchup against Michigan. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's get to some of the fun stuff here, CJ. Double-digit Cinderella's. This is don't not just don't focus in on one region, just across the entire field of 68. Who's the double-digit Cinderella you're really feeling as a Sweet 16 plus sort of team? Uh, there's nobody like like I haven't filled out a bracket yet. I don't. I'll, I'll probably go too chalky, and I probably won't go with anything too crazy. But the team to me that I picked here, UAB. Yes. Jelly, no way. Jelly Walker's. A I thought you loved Houston. Huh? I thought you loved Houston. Oh, I think Calvin Sampson's an f- absolute freaking stud. Uh, I thought I was going to be like super cool by picking yeah. UAB here. It might be crazy to pick against <laughs> Sampson, like with a week to prepare. Um, but I mean, let's be like Houston has been kicking the crap out of terrible teams, mm-hmm. and their only really good win in a while is Memphis in the conference tournament. Yeah, um, like, their third their third shot at Memphis this season. Yeah, picking against Samson might might be crazy, but um, you know Andy Kennedy's been on the stage like, and, and he he loves to have just a dude that he t- has take all the shots, right? Like, <laughs> he'll ride Marshall Henderson to a Sweet Sixteen. Uh, uh, maybe he'll ride Jelly Walker. I remember that one. Yeah, as a Wisconsin guy, <laughs> I was at that game. Yeah. Oh yeah. How about that? Yeah. Um, I love UAB. I love you. I, I like. So, so, what do we look for when we look for uh, uh, teams to pull off these upsets? I, you, I think you look for for three things, right? If you're going to be the, the quote worst team, you need extra possessions. How do you get extra possessions? You offensive rebound, you force turnovers, and then how do you uh, stack up points? You make threes. UAB does all those things. Mm-hmm. UAB gets off after the offensive glass. They force turnovers. They make threes. Yeah, I don't know if they're rebound against those Houston Bulls. They might not rebound as well uh, against uh, against Houston as they did uh, in Conference USA play, but they can still do it. And they've got a seven footer. They've got a legitimate seven footer on the floor there. So, like, I don't know. I, I like that one a lot. I really, really like <laughs> like that one. Uh, and then, you know, if they were to pull off that upset, they could play the. They would play the winner of Illinois and Chattanooga. So that's one. That's one that I'm looking at. Is South Dakota State like too chalky of an ups of a double digit Cinderella? Uh, because I lo- obviously we love the way they shoot the ball, and I think that they could get through Providence and then you know Iowa. The thing with Iowa is they've played so much better defensively over the last like six weeks, over the last four weeks than what we're typically seeing from any Fran McCaffrey team, and certainly than what we saw from Iowa early in the year. And so that throws a wrench into things, but with the way they shoot it, you know, South Dakota State, I think, could be a dangerous enough team to get to the Sweet 16. Yeah, that, that'd be a one, an, a, another one for me. Um, you know, plug another thing we've done here. Go, go listen to what I had to say in the Midwest region, right? Yeah. With uh, with South Dakota State, like that. That's a team. Great shooting has some some mismatches that, that are going to be really really tough to, to guard. Ba- Baylor, say the last name, Michael, for me. <laughs> <It's Ironman. laughs> uh you know but uh no nah, that, that that's a team that i think could uh could could be a sneaky pick they've they've, they've got right. some dudes they can shoot the heck out of it really really smart team so um yeah i'm, I'm with you there i just i i think i was just playing so well right now now and a lot of times it's stupid to just pay attention to what happened at the end 
Yep. And think that that's what's going to happen in the NCAA tournament because it can flip like that. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not sure they can get past the, the second round. Yeah, I can't. Right, Jack. The, I can't believe we're both riding the UAB train. Go Blazers! That uh, that just feels like it just. Oh, they're getting the team now, right? Yeah, uh, they might. They might. And Houston, I mean, Houston's a, a brutal matchup with what they do defensively and how they rebound the ball. That's a tough matchup for any team. I mean, you, you, you know, if they if they get through to the Sweet 16, Arizona's going to have its hands full with Houston. But, you know, they don't run you out of the gym almost regardless of who you are. And so I think UAB's got the formula to keep things close and, and ultimately pull something off special against Houston. I, I've said this in a few shows this week. I, I think as, as you're filling out a bracket, it's just as important to sidestep the double-digit pretender that people want to build up as, as it is to pick the right double-digit Cinderella. So let's do that here. What what double-digit team that's getting a little bit of love are you just saying, nah, they're done in the first round? You know my answer. I was the Cyclones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think teams – or not teams. I think people probably – uh, be tempted to pick the Cyclones because LSU lost his coach, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I wouldn't go there. I just I've, I've watched too many <laughs> State games recently to, uh, to to go there. I just think offensively they're really really struggling to score the ball. LSU's a great mm-hmm. defensive team. Um, t- you know, yeah. uh, TJ Osberger did a tremendous job the first couple months of the season. They were playing awesome basketball, but they they haven't been good for a while. I'm going to go with Vermont in this one. Uh, you're seeing them get bandied about as an upset over Arkansas. Um, I, I, just, I, I, I get it. I, like you know, they they can they can score the ball. 44th in the country in offensive efficiency. They're 38th uh, in three point percentage, just shy of 37. percent They can definitely uh, you know knock down some threes. They've got two guys in bench, uh, Shungu and Ryan Davis, who are shooting better than 41. percent from behind the arc on meaningful volume. So they can definitely, I mean, that's what you're looking for. You want a team, at least I, I'm always looking for a team that can make threes and make a team uncomfortable with that uh, style. I also like the fact that they don't play fast, right? You minimize the possessions, you minimize the opportunities for mistakes when you're the worst team. I think that is also something that can go into pulling off an upset, but they don't do those other things and they don't do it at all, CJ. 301st in the country, an offensive rebounding rate, 250th. In turnover rate, and you're a team that dominates your conference, and your conference is the America East, and you're still 301st in offensive rebounding rate. Like, that is just that is not something you bring to a team like Arkansas and pull off the Arkansas upset. Ken Palm, believe it or not, only has that as a four point game. I've, Ken Palm's got Arkansas winning that game by four points. I love Arkansas in that yeah. first round matchup. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I've got a, a theory here. That I'll throw out. I, ha- I haven't thought this through and haven't said it yet. So we're gonna we're gonna talk it out here. Yeah. So I think this could be a year where the double digit seeds, the small guys, don't do as well. And here's why: because I think the high major teams. This I think the depth in college basketball is pretty good this year at the top. Mm-hmm. I think the high major teams are better and more complete because you get got that extra COVID year. And because of the transfer portal, so yep. a lot of the players that might have been the best major mid-major players in the country. Let's look at it. Uh, for, for instance, last year, who went on a run? Oral Roberts. Yep. Kevin O'Banner. Where'd he go? He's at Texas Tech now. In the past, he's probably still at Oral Roberts. Yep. So you, you have these teams that I think at the top that are just deeper, older, more complete. I think we could see less upsets than we usually see because of that. 
Yeah, I think that's a great theory, actually. And just with the way that these things went, I mean, you've got just older teams, especially them we're used to seeing in the last, like, 10 years, mm-hmm. older teams among the high majors. And so that could definitely, right? Like, I, I, we could see, like, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw very few double-digit teams getting through even to the second round. But then we were looking at a Sweet 16 that had, like, you know, a couple of sevens and maybe like one eight mm-hmm. sprinkled in like an, an elite eight that was like a four versus a three, a two versus a four, like things like that. I wouldn't wouldn't shock me that once we get to the like the top 16 to 20 teams feel very flat across this tournament, but they are also tiers and tiers removed from the teams behind them. Yeah, I just talked myself into going super chalky. So there you <laughs> go. at least early on, at least early on in this bracket. While we're here, let's just get one more thing out. Just. Sweet 16 surprises. You know, even if we do think this is going to be maybe a team that or a year that has fewer of those than usual, we know there, there's going to be some. Give me a Sweet 16 surprise, your favorite one uh, that we've got across this entire field of 68. I thought you were going to go with Elite 8 Sleeper. I don't think you threw out Sweet 16 surprise at me. Give me a, an Elite 8 Sleeper would be the same thing. That would be a surprise uh, to the Sweet 16. Who I, you got? I don't know that this is a Sweet 16 surprise, but if it got to the Elite 8, it would be. And it's LSU. I already hit on. A, I think that's a little bit of a Sweet 16 surprise. A little bit, like you said, there people are going to like Iowa State against them, and then just to get to the Sweet 16, if chalk that. prevails, they got they got to beat Wisconsin and Milwaukee. Yeah. They're going to be dogs in that game for sure. Yeah, so I, I, I like that one. But uh, when when LSU's had Xavier Pinson, they're 20 and five this year. Um, there there was a six game stretch that he missed, and then there were two games that he barely played in. So I'm taking those two games out as well. So 20 and five with uh, Xavier Pinson, one of the best mm-hmm. defensive teams in the country. Um, SEC, you know, I think the SEC got used to its defensive switching, but uh, a turning reset here could help. So I, I think that's a team. We already talked about that weak region that mm-hmm. uh, that could sneak up and find itself in maybe an elite eight. I, I wish Murray State and San Francisco weren't matched up together, and then also weren't having the winner go play Kentucky because I would love to pick one of them as a sweet 16 team. I think they would have to get really fortunate, like a really, really fortunate game script for either one of them to knock off Kentucky. It's possible. We're not talking 0% chances here, but it's a, it is a very, very slim needle that they would have to thread to beat Kentucky. So that's a tough one. I like USC. I think just because of their size, they're always going to be an intriguing team. I don't think the Miami matchup is necessarily a bad one for them. Auburn comes into this tournament reeling. I think they could they could pull off a couple of wins there, get themselves into the Sweet 16. And then there's just Loyola, and as we talked about earlier. Like Loyola, Loyola can definitely, um, you know, Ohio State just not right with all the injuries that they've had. I think Loyola wins that game. And then Villanova, a team that stylistically – they can handle Villanova, the better team, the more talented team. Stylistically, though, they're not going to run Loyola out of the gym. So that's another one that I that I look at as being a team that we could see in the Sweet 16 again. That would be what the third time in the last five tournaments for Loyola. Loyola held on to its dudes, like it didn't get yeah uh, poached by the uh, by the high majors. So yeah, um, yeah I like those. Yeah, it's uh, it's just it's going to be fun. It's going to be you know I kind of like that kind of tournament. We all love the uh, you know we, if that ends up coming true, we all love to see the twelve seeds get to the Sweet Sixteen, and the thirteen seeds get to the Elite Eight. But I love seeing the yeah, I like seeing the best of the best, and then the best you know if, if if UCLA upsets Baylor, so be it. You know that's that's still that's not one that it feels like a crazy out of nowhere one in a billion type of shot. So. Mm-hmm. I like that. Give me a little bit of an upset here or there, but chalk plan when it matters most. Maybe that's what we see. That's what we're trying to do, do at least right here. Set the stage for you as you are filling out 
your tournament brackets because that's going to do it. We're done on this episode of Best on the Board. We're going to say goodbye. Thanks so much for listening. For CJ Moore, I am Michael Beller. Good luck. Happy betting. Again, we've got a ton of episodes on this channel covering every single angle of the tournament for you. Setting the big stage here. We dive deeper into every region on the channel. We're going to look at some of those big upset potentials. We're going to look at Sweet 16 bets that you might want to make and then come later in the week. We will have first round betting previews for you for both Thursday and Friday. So be sure to stay tuned to Best on the Board all week long for all of your NCAA tournament needs. Good luck. Happy betting. We'll talk to you soon. Oh,